And that is really something about being like an intuitive eater. It's really respecting your hunger cues, your fullness cues, eating what feels satiating, like what truly satisfies you, mind, body, taste buds, soul, like what do you really want to eat? And respecting all of that, creating boundaries around it. Welcome to Somatic Digest, the podcast, the place you come to find love, joy, and acceptance in your body. I'm your host, Kim, a registered dietitian whose mission is to bring tangible tips for you to build the ideal relationship with your body. I'll be sharing principles to connect you back to your natural state of being. We will honor emotions and create conversations that will allow your nervous system to relax. Throughout the episodes, you will develop an understanding to what your body is truly telling you. I'm so grateful you're here. Be sure to subscribe. Now let's get to the show. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. It is the day before Thanksgiving on the day that this episode airs. So if you are listening to it on Wednesday, and of course, if you are in the States, I know that we have some listeners who are not in the U.S. And while this episode, the inspiration came through like from Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving, the tips that I'm going to share are like applicable throughout the entire holiday season. I felt that this was the appropriate time to kick off the holiday season for the podcast. If you are new to the podcast, hello, very warm welcome to you and everyone coming back. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you listening to this podcast. I was sharing the insights on my Instagram stories at The Somatic Dietitian, the podcast insights last week on the stories. And I'm so grateful for all of you that come back and listen to this podcast. I was sharing, if you didn't catch that stories, I just was sharing the analogy of when we continue to do something while we might not see the end game or know how it's all going to work out over time, the consistency is really difficult in those moments. I The analogy I use is like when you plant a seed, so you plant a seed, you cover it up with dirt, you don't see what's going on underneath. And then all of a sudden you have like a growth or something spurts out of the ground. And that is very similar to how the insights of this podcast, the graph looked. And yeah, I'm just so grateful for all of you who continue to listen. I'm grateful for you sharing and inviting people to come and listen with you. If you would be so kind to drop down and leave a five-star rating and a review. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to see your takeaways from the podcast. Okay, so I'm going to set up this episode by giving you tips for the holiday season, and each tip I'm going to give you the explanation of how I see them helpful in my life and in my clients' lives. If you don't know, I am a registered dietitian. I have over 10 years of nutrition experience, and I have helped women heal their relationship with their food and body using intuitive eating, inner child healing, and the gene keys. I always like to share the why and how it has worked through my experience with almost everything I talk about. And 
I feel that this will be fun to break down each tip and do the same for the tips. So let's get into the tips. The first tip is to treat every holiday the same when it comes to eating. So this is kind of specific to Thanksgiving because, man, we have a huge spread when it comes to Thanksgiving. But now that I say that, I also have a big spread with Christmas. I mean, New Year's, like the entire holiday season is just inviting this overindulgence or um, it's not even overindulgence because now I see that that word is kind of floating around on social media, but almost in the sense of we just don't have this food very often and we're out of the routine and out of the habit with it. So we want to eat more of it because it's not, it's new to us. It's new again this year, right? I think about it with green bean casseroles. I never used to like green bean casserole until I started making it myself and making it homemade. And I love it. I double the recipe. Like I plan to eat it for, you know, probably the whole next week after Thursday because we don't have it very often. And it's not a meal that I would make like in the summer. It's definitely like a wintertime food. So that's what I mean by it's not, we're not in the habit of having this all the time. So when I say treat it the same, what I really mean is do not skip breakfast or lunch. Because if you skip breakfast, I've heard this before, like with clients who are coming in new like after, like at the beginning of the year and they're like, oh my God, I ate so much. And I'm like, well, like describe to me how your Thanksgiving was. They're like, well, I skipped breakfast because I knew that we were going to have, you know, appetizers, the entree, the desserts, like it was going to be too much. And so I just decided to skip because I knew I would get everything I needed at one meal. Now that invites overeating. Because when you go into the meal or the appetizers, you're ravenous and you cannot make decisions like it's your primal body is overtaking anything else. Your cells are hungry and they need food now. So any sort of like intentionality or giving attention to something else besides stuffing your face it's all out the window and for right reason, because you are hungry. So when I say treat it the same, I mean, wake up in the morning, have your breakfast, have your lunch, go to dinner eat, and then eat the dinner, you know, like you normally would. Now, what if the dinner is like at this weird time, like it's at two or four or whatever time outside of your normal time? That leads me to tip number two, eat a snack. So if you are going, let's say, let's say dinner's at two. I would not normally eat dinner at two. That's not my normal time. My normal time is like around five, five thirty. I like to go to bed super early. I'm an old lady. Like I like that time. So I would say two is like two is like a snack time for me. So what I would do is I would have breakfast like normal. I would maybe have like 
my lunch a little bit earlier. So like instead of having my snack, I would just like, well, I'm just going to have lunch at 1130 ish. And then I would have dinner at two. And if I was hungry later in the evening, like at seven, I would have a snack. I would eat something. The biggest thing is respecting your hunger cues. Like respecting your hunger cues is a huge thing that we talk about in intuitive eating. And it's really important to acknowledge them. And if you are someone who cannot hear your hunger signals, you want to try to listen closely and eat more often so that you can rev up the fire of your body. If you need help with that, I recommend you applying to my program, but I encourage you to eat a snack. Let's say, let's go the opposite route. Let's say that I normally eat at 5.30, but dinner is at seven. So I would obviously eat normal. And then I would have a snack later in the day to satiate my hunger. And then I would have dinner later. A lot of this is like, let's say you're traveling somewhere relatively far, but you're like, gosh, I'm so hungry, except I know when we get there, there's going to be like stuffed mushrooms and artichoke dip and bruschetta, like whatever, appetizers. Then, and you feel like you don't want to eat because the snacks are going to be readily available right there when you go in. But if you don't have something to satiate your hunger and you keep depleting the tank, You're going to overeat. And so much of us have so much shame when it comes to overeating. That's why so much of us, you know, we're talking about it. But the biggest thing is to respect your hunger. Let's go into tip number three. So tip number three is the opposite side of respect your hunger. We're going on the fullness side. So if you don't like something, stop eating it, especially with holidays. Like if you're going somewhere and there's so many different things If you try a bite of something and it's not exactly what you thought it was going to be or, you know, it just doesn't taste, it's not up to your expectation. Stop eating it. Like it's totally okay to not eat it because there's going to be so many more opportunities to eat something else that you truly enjoy. And that is really something about being like an intuitive eater. It's really respecting your hunger cues, your fullness cues, eating what feels satiating, like what truly satisfies you, mind, body, taste buds, soul, like what do you really want to eat? And respecting all of that and creating boundaries around it. So for example, I never used to like green bean casserole because I just didn't like the taste of like, I don't know, I didn't like the Campbell's soup taste of the green bean casserole wasn't a fan but so I was like let me try to make this and see if I can make it homemade and see if it tastes different to me yeah I love it (laughs) so I it's not that I don't like green bean casserole it's just that I didn't like like the specific taste of it so I created my own now if someone else was to make that and they did use green bean casserole I would try it like I would give it a go again and if I didn't like it I would just leave it on the plate Now, I think some of the things that can come in, like the thing that's coming through right now for me is what happens when that person who makes it makes that comment that's like, oh, you didn't like it? You know, like I would just be honest, you know, like in that green bean casserole scenario, I would just be honest and tell them the thing or even just saying like, yeah, I'm full. 
Like you can just say, yeah, I'm full or whatever. Or, you know, like, yeah, I think that's a good response of like, I'm just full. And then making no, not taking on anyone else's shame if they say something like, oh my gosh, you're not going to finish your plate or like, we don't have leftovers or whatever. Like offer it to them. Like you can have my leftovers. Oh no, you don't want to eat it. Okay. Me either. You know, like I don't want to either. It's okay. And I'm going to get more into like, we've talked kind of about the tips around eating, but now we're getting a little bit into the family comments or like boundaries or something. So I want to talk about some tips around navigating food or body comments or even like these family boundary things around the table. So I have created a holiday binge-free guide that goes more in depth on all of these. And it's a $447 bonus for free that you get when you join the program throughout this holiday season. So of course, if you're one of my current clients, you will get this as well. But if you need help around this and you're looking for more accountability, more support, you're really trying to up-level your relationship with food and body, I recommend you and encourage you to drop down into the show notes below and click work with me so that you can get this holiday guide to support you throughout the holiday season. And then we get started working on your intuitive eating journey. But tip number four, tip number four is Letting the word fat be a describer and removing it from allowing you to feel shameful. So I'm going to share a personal experience and I also want to share, I saw this come through one night I was on the doomsday scroll of social media and like, you know, the reels, like I was just scrolling and not respecting my boundary of no phone in bed, but nonetheless, here we are. And this came through that there was a book that the author was talking about how the word fat should just be a describer. And I was like, wow, I have met like amazing. I love that. And when I started to think about it like that, it is so liberating. Like how many times do we describe someone as like, she has blonde hair. She has blue eyes. She has dark hair. She's skinny. She has tall legs. She has like whatever they are. Right. We say that all the time and society has charged the word fat and we are taking it and making it mean something about us. So how I I always say this to my clients, but if somebody said to you, I think I've said this on the podcast too, but if somebody says to you, you have purple hair and you don't have purple hair, you would not take that on as truth. You would simply say, oh, this is like maybe something's making my hair seem purple. Maybe there's like a weird reflector coming through. Maybe something's wrong with those person's eyes. I don't know, but I do not have purple hair because you have not absorbed that charge. You're not making it mean anything about you emotionally. Here's an example from my personal experience. So I recently went home uh, in October, I think it was, and we were... I was with my brother-in-law and my husband and we were driving around to a family's house. They're both hunters and we were like looking at deer in the Midwest. That's what we do on our free time, I guess. But so we stopped by one of our like family, family's house. He's older. He's like 70 or maybe, yeah, 70, I think. So older generation, I, he hasn't seen me in like 
I don't know, five or six, seven, safe to say 10 years. I've lived in Colorado and I knocked on the door. He came out, he recognized me and he's like, oh my gosh, you, yeah, you do look. I was saying like, oh yeah, my sister and I look kind of similar. We have very similar mannerisms. We're, you know, we're sisters. And so he was like, yeah, you do kind of look like your sister, except you're a little bit bigger or something like that. And I, I did not even absorb the charge, but I just was like, yeah, that's true. Like my sister, we do have a different body shape. She is like a little, I have a little bit more hips, like whatever, you know, here I am like trying to justify it, but he was simply just saying a description of the difference of us because it's true. Like we, we do look different, you know, while we're sisters, there are some differences between us and there's so many times that we make those statements personal about us or we take on the charge and make it mean something about our worth so if for some reason like I think of there was times that my great grandma would make some comments you know and just trying to take it as surface value Now, I know it's really difficult. I know it's really difficult. But even sitting with like, what am I making this mean about me and why? And this is a lot of the things like we do this in my program and we really look into like, what are you making it mean about you? And how can we release that charge so that you feel comfortable and you self-accept, like you have your own self-acceptance and worthiness separate from anybody else and any other describer that they may use. Like, how can we make it be the purple hair when you don't have purple hair? So tip number five is all going to be about taking some time to regulate your nervous system. Because if you go into a holiday party or you're going to have to spend, you know, five, six hours sitting around a dinner table and playing games with family when you know some of these comments might come through and and you're working on it not being charged, but they're still charged right now, right? Like it doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes it's like, oh, that didn't bother me. And other times it does. Like I totally understand this isn't just a black or white thing. It takes some time. So I recommend taking some time to regulate your nervous system. Now, if you are driving somewhere, you could take a moment to sit in the car And even like if you could tell your partner or if you're alone and you pull up or however this looks or maybe all your kids can go in and you're like, hey, just tell them that I had to take a call real quick and I'll be right in in five minutes. You could do a breathing exercise. You could go back and listen to the vagus nerve episode. At the end, there's that breathing meditation that you can listen to to just help regulate your nervous system. Or when you get in, you can be like, okay, you know, if you get there and you traveled far and you have to go pee, go pee, take an extra two minutes in the bathroom. Like just some intentional breathing to ground into your body and regulate your nervous system. It's so easy when we're stressed out and I'm like, oh my God, we had to rush everywhere and come over here. I had to make sure we got the passing dish and how to get out of the car. Now I got people's comments like we're already stressed out. And so we really don't have the bandwidth to navigate these different darts that are coming through us at the dinner table from comments. But if you take a moment to ground into your body, regulate your nervous system and kind of build a shield 
It makes it easier to let them roll off your back. And you can do this throughout the time. Like if you need to get up from the dinner table, like, oh, excuse me, I got to go get some water or something and fill up the water and just take a few deep breaths. Breathing is such a cool way because you can do it anywhere and you have the tools all the time within your body and no one really has to see you doing it as long as you're not talking. So take some time and be intentional with regulating your nervous system, maybe throughout the meals, before the meals, when you go home, if you're feeling that way. Just give yourself a little bit of extra love throughout the holidays because it is busy. We are stressed out. You do have a lot of stuff going on and it's okay, but take care of yourself. All right, so those are the five tips. I'll just run them through really quick. Again, the first tip is to don't skip breakfast. Eat like normal, have breakfast, have lunch, eat a snack if dinner's really late and don't eat something if you don't like it. Like give yourself the permission to not finish your plate if it's not something that you really love. And working on letting the word fat be a describer, not something that has a charge and it doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything about your worth. So if someone is making a comment or saying something about you, just work on it to remove that charge and take some time to regulate your nervous system. Okay, my friend, I hope you have a wonderful holiday. And as always, we'll chat next week. If you have a problem binging, overeating sweets, eating so much of the candy that your stomach hurts, and really finding that your relationship with food is impacting your physical exercise, how you feel about your body, how you feel in your body, how you view your body, I really encourage you to drop into the show notes below and submit your application to my physical decoding program. My physical decoding program is a 12-week one-on-one nutrition coaching container led by me, the registered dietitian who has helped several women overcome these negative impacts, the overeating, the obsessing about food, really not understanding how to use food to fuel your body, but still being able to enjoy the candy and the cupcakes and not missing out on any joys of life because of a restrictive diet. Now is the time to to apply to my physical decoding program. Take your time filling out the application and I can't wait to talk to you soon.